A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Welcome to the MC Universe, where the Lorehounds, your guides to the multiverse and beyond. I'm David. And I'm Jean. And in this episode, we are going to discuss the trailers for the upcoming Secret Invasion TV show and the Marvel movie. After that, we will delve deep into the details to prep you for the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. And we've got a special guest joining us later in the podcast. Alicia from Amsterdam is going to be jumping on with a special segment about who might not be making it out alive from the Guardians movie. A quick reminder that the MC Universe is an occasional podcast, and we're going to be producing episodes on an as-needed basis, so stay tuned to the end of the podcast for our programming notes about future MC episodes and other things that we're up to at the Lorehounds. If you have questions, comments, fan theories, industry news, or anything you want to share with us, drop us a note. Send us feedback to mcu at thelorehounds.com or head over to our website at thelorehounds.com and use the contact form or record a voicemail and we will get to those on the next podcast. And we'd like to invite you to join our Patreon, if that works for you. Joining our Patreon is the best way to support us and for as little as $3 a month, you get ad-free episodes of all of our podcasts as well as early access and more. But always, our ad-supported podcasts are available on all major platforms. Just search for the Lorehounds to find us and subscribe. Lastly, if you can take a moment, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. Ratings help other people find the podcast and reviews let people know about the content. Okay, Jean, with all of that out of the way, I think we've got a lot of stuff to talk about before we bring uh, Alicia in. Um, you've got a little bit of an outline for us. You've been tracking all the news. What is going on in the MCU? So the first thing is, let's just talk about the Secret Invasion TV show. Okay. Um, the trailer that dropped a couple of weeks ago. Uh -huh. And to say that I'm excited for this show... To say that we all should be excited for this show is an understatement. It looks like it can be something um, spectacular. Uh, yeah, so have you seen the trailer? Yeah, I did. I, I There was a teaser, and then I think a, a trailer. 
Um, I got a lot of feels from it. It seems like a great Samuel L. Jackson, um, you know, man on fire kind of thing. Like he's our chief protagonist. And I don't want to do a one to one comparison, but I guess what I'll, I'll, I'll couch this in a, in hopeful terms, not as a, in a one to one terms. But as Andor is to Star Wars, I'm hoping mm. Secret Invasion is to the MCU. I want that dark, gritty spy thriller stuff. I want the underbelly of all of the big heroic things that are going on and the battles of good and evil. There's stuff underneath that has to happen for, you know, uh, revolutions to succeed and, you know, superheroes to prevail. And I am so hopeful that this is going to be good. And I really, really don't want to be disappointed. So I'm trying to balance my expectations. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm hype. That's great because that's exactly what I expect from this TV show. Take Nick Fury back to his roots. He's right. a spy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's where he started. That's what he, that's what he is. He, he's a clandestine agent, you know, uh-huh. breaking... Um, things in the dark and you not being able to see him coming, hiding his hand. Right. This is the Nick Fury that that I've wanted to see uh-huh. in the MCU. Don't get me wrong. I've appreciated Nick Fury in the Avengers movies, of course. I thought he was great. Captain Marvel, all of that stuff. But I wanted to see him get to this dark CIA-esque type of situation where he's, you know, infiltrating the infiltrators. And right. this is exactly what this <laughs> TV show is about, right. you know, he's, he's about to, he's on the case. And I think that's a really different premise from what we've seen because it's much more, even though we're dealing with aliens yeah. who can shapeshift, yeah. it seems to be like, this is a much more grounded earth shattering in that way type of story. Right. This is not a space faring story. This is not about, you know, Hulk smash. This is really a grounded attempt to tell a story within the MCU by characters who are, by their very nature, this is what they do. Right. And I'm really excited for it. The one thing that I'll say is that prior to, uh, you know, the end of last week, I thought I knew possibly where the TV show was going to take okay. us because of the previous, uh-huh. because of the previous secret invasion storyline that Marvel um, from the comic books um, you mean a decade from the comic books okay and and what era was that original storyline from was that 70s 80s 90s 2000s the arts the arts the arts the arts sorry the early 2000s early 2000s got it this century this century this is not a a (laughs) 1960 story what are you you calling me old man you're you're just as old as me my man This century, we're talking about this century, <laughs> 21st century storytelling. Nice. Um, so, yeah, so I kind of felt like I would know where the story is going. Uh-huh. Um, but then Marvel Comics did something um, unexpected. They just finished another Secret Invasion storyline. It was a five episode comic. Um, okay. Just ended. Uh-huh. And... This kind of threw me off because oh. this, this comic run that they just did, this storyline they just told, they told it in a much more grounded way. We didn't have the 
alien shapeshifters taking over um, all the superheroes, as in the first Secret Invasion. This was an attempt to take over the world in a much more clandestine, spy-guided way. We're going to take over, we're going to replace certain people in certain places, in certain industries, in certain capacities in order to become the rulers of this planet. That gives me the feel of what I've seen in the trailers. Yeah, I was just going to say, that seems very... The, your theory <laughs> of the case here is, is that they're seeding the comic book readers with the, the main structure of the plot for the television show. I think Marvel has thrown a monkey wrench in the plans of so many people. <laughs> because because there, there was... There are a lot of folks, myself included, who wanted to see um, superheroes be replaced, right? Uh-huh. Because that's the original story. This new story, I, I just don't know. And that's a great thing because I don't know where the story on the TV show is going to take me. Like, I'm going in there confident that I don't know. And that's really an amazing place to be since I've read the comics like 10 times already, uh-huh. you know? So it's, um, it's an interesting, interesting thing that they're trying to do. Getting away from the big, big set pieces that we yep. all come to know and love and to really tell a spy drama. And like you said, maybe it could be the end or to this MCU. So... I've got so many thoughts. I mean, one thing that I want to do is yes. make sure that we break down the storyline a little bit. We got to talk about Flurgans. We got to talk about Skrulls. We got to talk about what we know so far and, um, you know, sort of prep people for, for what to expect here. Then there's some story element stuff that I, I want to talk about. Um, but before we do that, just sort of on an MCU scale of things, there seems to be, I, I don't wonder, this is, I'm, I'm theorizing here, I'm putting my tinfoil hat on a little bit here. Um, I don't <laughs> wonder here for. Tinfoil. <laughs> if they're trying to adjust themselves in some way. The MCU, the, you know, the um, Disney, the, the MCU uh, production house, you know, um, the, the, the big, big machine that produces all of these things. I wonder how much they're aware of the MCU fatigue that is out there. And I wonder how much that this pivot in a, a smaller, more intimate story, something that has got a higher drama quotient to it, isn't a, a way to temper some of those reactions that the fandom has been going through. Because we got a big push of a bunch of stuff just last year in you know, phase four that I, a lot of people were just like, meh. Either meh or like, ah, uh, I can't watch. Like, you guys are throwing too much at me. Uh, I can't even keep up. And do I have to watch this to watch that? And I've got something else going on. So I don't know. That's, that's, I'm theorizing that. I, what's your sensibility about that? I, I think that um, there might be some truth to that. But I also know that after um, Secret Invasion, or even before Secret Invasion, because Secret Invasion comes out in June, yeah, we're getting... We're, go- we're, we're getting Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Right. Which is, a, which is not secret invasion storytelling. You no. know what I mean? 
after Secret Invasion, we're getting Marvels, which is not a Secret Invasion um, type of okay. storytelling. Right. Those are the grand cosmic adventures. So we're still getting those stories. Right. But to your point, I think they are trying to give something else. Right. Okay. Not just the big um, superhero kapow, kaboom type of situation, but something a little bit more slow, something a little bit more slow burning, something a little bit um, more in depth of storytelling. Okay. And yeah, that could be as a part of what people have said is the is Marvel, Marvel fatigue. Right. Um, but I don't take it so far because within this year, we are still getting a lot of the big set pieces that we've grown accustomed to, right. if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, you know, in this world of big IP, you know, with Star Wars has really got, uh, they're cooking with gas now. Um, we've got, you know, a new lineup on, on the movies. DC's trying to find its footing and, and swing some more. There's rumors of Harry Potter and the, in HBO. We certainly have House of the Dragon and all this kind of stuff. It, it's a lot. Uh, and it's even hard for, you know, profe- I don't I want to call this professional, you know, but, po- you know, people who are regularly podcasting or following the media. I, my head is spinning. I have to have a whole Gantt chart, you know, database thing to keep track of all this <laughs> stuff. And uh, I would be happy for them to, to slow down a little bit. Couple of movies, couple of TV shows, and, and then call it good for the year. But like these three, four TV shows, three, four movies in a, in a calendar year? That's just way too much, you know? And I, and I think lot. it's hard on everybody. I think it's hard on the actors. I think it's hard on the production crews. I think it's hard on the CGI houses, uh, especially when you've got a very crowded marketplace where everybody's trying to follow what Feige and the MCU really um, uh, in, reinvented for the modern streaming age. You know, big IP stuff is, that, that's not a new invention necessarily. Serialized production, not necessarily new. But in the new streaming age and crossing over between big and small screens and bringing in all your other material, comic books, books, etc. Um, yeah, everybody's chasing Marvel. And uh, if Marvel's just trying to continue at full speed, it feels like, you know, the, the speed, you get the speed wobbles. You know, when you're riding your skateboard and it, get, you know, it starts getting you downhill and you start like losing it, losing control. Uh, so I want them to slow down a little bit. And I, and I hope that Secret Invasion gives us a little bit of that uh, more intimate scale and a little bit of a different pacing. Well, I, I think that's, that's already happened in, in the way that you've seen that they've pulled back from what they had announced that was going to um, premiere in 2023, uh-huh. right? So a lot of the shows, a lot of the movies that people were expecting um, a year and a half ago are not coming to fruition this year. Right. So I think they've already slowed down the pacing that's good. About how many shows, how many visuals that we get to, to, to see. So in that regard, I think you're, you're spot on. So let's talk a little bit about the, the theme of Secret Invasion, I guess both from the comic books and in the MCU televised movie you know, world that we've got here. We'll, we'll get into scrolls okay. in, in a little bit, but the idea that there's a shapeshifters and they have the ability to infiltrate uh, any other uh, race that they want to, uh, to some degree, and that the Earth is vulnerable to that. 
And I believe uh, in the trailers and the teasers, they even explicitly say some of this, who can you trust? And I think that's a new, at least for the screen stuff, that's a new theme. That's a new thematic element that we're getting in the MCU. We did have some questions around the whole Winter Soldier and uh, Civil War, where it was, what side are you on uh, when it comes to how is power managed and who has, uh, who has the right to use power and, and what happens if power goes wrong? You use power and it goes wrong and there's consequences. So we've had that kind of conversation. Correct me if I'm wrong, but at least on the screen MCU stuff, this feels like the first time where it's like, oh, I don't know who Jean is. I don't know who John is. I don't know who Elisa is. Can I trust them? Are they really somebody on my side? That's scary stuff, like in a, you know, that, that's a potentially very scary element and it's very dark. And you're questioning people's motives and, and um, uh, trying to set people up in traps to, like, you know, get them to, reveal themselves or try to suss out, you know, uh, you think somebody, you know, that you trust and you've been telling all your secrets and suddenly, nope, that's not the case. Sorry. Now you're in the, you're, you're in the hot water. So this feels new, something new for the MCU. Well, it, it is. Um, we were introduced to the scrolls and the concept of, of shape-shifting and not knowing who's who in Captain Marvel. Right. right? Was so that their first screen we, appearance? Was Captain Marvel? That was their first. That was their first screen appearance. Got it. Um, so we got the background um, of what's going on with those with that particular uh, group of uh, um, citizens of the MCU, right? Um, so yes, who can you trust? When maybe not everybody who can shapeshift is a friend, <laughs> right? Because at the end of the Captain Marvel movie. Everybody that we saw who was a scroll was an ally. Right. So what happened between the end of that movie and Secret Invasion? Well, what right. happened, we got the Avengers, we got Thanos, we got the Snap, we got the Fall of Asgard, we've had the Eternals, the Celestials, you know, revealing themselves. We've had all these major moments in the MCU. Mm -hmm. The Skrulls have been waiting since the end of Captain Marvel to all of they've 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 witnessed all of these things, right? Okay. For their own home world. That is what Nick Fury promised. Right. So I guess let's overlap a little bit here with this thematic element into actually what's happening with yes. the scrolls and what's going on in this world because I think we can't we can't uh, we can't really talk about the thematic stuff unless we start dealing with some of the uh the uh in-world constructions that we have here. So yeah, the scrolls, we met them at the end of uh uh Marvel, Captain Marvel. They're uh persecuted people. Um I believe uh remind me the other the they they basically lost the war against the the Kree, that's the right. Kree, that's what it was. The Kree and the Skrull in Marvel Comics are lifelong enemies. Okay. Their, their war has lasted generations. Billions of souls have been lost to this cause, to this war. Um, and in the MCU, we get definitively that it seems as if the Kree had actually had won the war. Because okay. the Skrulls that we meet are 
allegedly the last remnants of their society. Right. And the one big Cree that we really, uh, what was his name? The big blue guy. Ronan the Accuser. The Accuser, yeah. And he Ronan was, the Accuser. Ronan the Accuser, that's right. So the Accusers for the Cree are like sanctioned superheroes for what we would consider in our Earth 616. Okay. Like when, Cap- when Iron Man became a proxy of the government. In Civil Uh War and did the bidding of the government. That's what the Cree represent. They're they're the the accusers represent. Right. That's what the accusers represent. Excuse me. They're the enforcers. They're the enforcer. Lee Pace just killed it with that role as as Ronan. He was so good in that. Yeah, he was great. It was was awesome. He was great. One of my favorites. Uh, One of my favorite parts about the uh, first Guardians of the Galaxy was was him. Yeah, he was really good. He was really good. Okay, so we've got the Kree and the Skrull, uh, Generations Long War, Millions Dead. Um, Captain, in Captain Marvel, we realize that they've been around with us, and Fury um, has some sympathy for them and respect for them. Yes. And then he obligates, who, uh, under what authority does he obligate making any kind of promises to the Skrulls? He's Nick Fury. <laughs> <That's> t- <laughs> Boom, there it is right there. It's just Nick Fury. M- 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 Nick Fury. Nick Fury. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I love it. All right. So him and Captain Marvel, the reason that we don't see Captain Marvel for so long. She's off somewhere else, right? Storytelling. Yeah. She's off in, in the universe trying to find a suitable homeworld for the scrolls. Whatever adventures oh. she's having while she's off screen. When we don't see her for those 20 years or so, 30 years from when. The Dang, movie that's a long time to search for a planet. It's a long time. We don't know what other shenanigans she got into. Sure. You know, what other adventures she got into. But primarily, she was trying to find them a homeworld in conjunction with Nick Fury. Got it. That hasn't happened. Uh huh. And so the scrolls aren't happy I'm, about I'm it. Sure, I'm sure not everybody in Scroll World is happy about not having a homeworld. Yeah where they can just be themselves. They don't have to care as other people, as other and beings. Earth is a pretty good place by their, I'm guessing by their estimation. Like it's got habitable, habitable it could be. surface and atmosphere and yeah, resources. It could be if you don't have to hide your true self. Right. So then that gets into some really interesting territory there. Uh, in some of what we're dealing with in in modern day in our modern day real world in the primary world, of here, course, uh, about who who you are and being able to live as who you are uh, in, in all in all aspects of of that in in, in psychologically and physiologically, yeah. Could you imagine? You know, you and I can't even imagine what that no. would be. No, to to look in the mirror and not see ourselves, right. Right to see something that you have to put on in order to fit into the society that you're walking outside. Right, and there are people today in our in in our daily life that that well they can't change the right. They cannot do the uh, like a an octopus style change to their skin and texture and all of that kind of stuff. Exactly. In terms of their identity of who they are to the world, they are people do have to put on those costumes and those masks, and that's that's a heavy psychological burden. And we it's, know it's, the it's kind terrible, of effects. 
Right. And we know the kinds of effects that it has on people to live that way for so long. It's, it's devast- it can be devastating. It can be devastating. So I'm sure there are many scrolls who are on the earth who do not appreciate having to look like a human being whenever they step outside there. Right. Right. What does that do to a generation who grew up that way? Right. Right? Because we're talking 30, 30 years, right? So right. They, they, I'm sure they've had um, children in that time, right? What happened to the promises that you told us that, you know, yeah. hey, dad, you promised me we were gonna, this was going to change. What's going right. on with that? Right. Where's the change coming? Interesting, too, the last time uh, we were on the MCU podcast, our last episode, one of the things that we talked a lot about was the generational shift that's happening, the yes. Avengers and the, 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 that first guard of, of superhero uh, have either retired, gotten too old, their knees have given out, <laughs> or, um, or they have, we've lost them. We've lost them in the battles, or we've lost them in the in the conflicts, you know, they're dead. They're dead. <laughs> and now we're, we're moving on to this next generation. And so first generation scrolls, so to speak. And then as you say, like, Hey dad, mom and dad, uh, y'all promised us something and we're not seeing that we're now adults and we're now coming out into the world as being with agency and identity and with, with, uh, means and, and things that we want to see happen for, for, for our children yet to come. What's going on? Right. We're, we're gonna we're gonna start taking matters into our own hands, and that's always a gen- exactly. intergenerational thing that happens. Always, right? so always, always. So I think that's the crux of what's going on in this TV show. Okay, they're, they're gonna have you know folks who are asking the question like, where, what happened? Right, like Captain Marvel. What happened, Fury? Why are we still here like this? What's, what's going on? And so that, that puts Fury in a difficult position, too, because he was their ally and he made promises. And now there are people who are, uh, have decided to act in their own self-interest, regardless of what Fury promised. And so now that, Not, that's a moral, that's a, that's a difficult bind, right? I don't think it's regardless of what he promised. It's, mm-hmm. it's because his promise hasn't amounted to anything. Empty, empty words. Yeah. And at what point do you, you could just tell say, me okay, you're trying? I hear what you're saying, but tell I'm me. not seeing the what you know what you're doing. What you're doing is more important yes. than what you're saying, and I don't see any yes. doing happening here. And at what point do I start to take things into my own hands? And shape my own future instead of just sitting around waiting for you to deliver on your promise. Absolutely, that's a, Absolutely. That, and right, and then that puts Nick in a in a really difficult position because he's got to and defend again, the integrity of his race and his government and his planet at the same time of how do I, I how do I how do I be a man of honor and ultimately you know live up to my promises and live up to my word. Well, is Nick Fury a man of honor? Good. <laughs> there you go. That's a really good question. That's a question. That's a question. We, 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 don't get me wrong. I love Nick Fury. Yeah. But Nick Fury is a spy, man. Right. He's, 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 he's a deceiver. Right. He'll tell you one truth while hiding two untruths behind his hand. 
Well, and then we saw that right in, in the Avengers movies, right? We when uh, yeah, when Tony is like when they're on the bridge of the ship, and he's working with Bruce Banner, and he's like, "What else?" Is, or he's talking to the rest of the team. What else is Fury not telling us? How much more is underneath the surface here? I don't trust him. I don't trust his motivations. And I want to get to the bottom of that. And then that's obviously where we get into the whole Tesseract, uh, you know. Exactly. So, you know, like I said, we love Nick Fury. But Fury is, is, do you put your trust completely in Nick Fury? And your question was earlier, who can you trust? Can the squirrels right. trust Nick Fury at this point? Yeah, right. And it, it promise, you know, you've you've you flapped your gums, but I don't see any. I don't see your feet moving in the direction that you said you were going to go. Look, Asgard has a new home. Asgard has <laughs> right. a new home. Yeah. Then you know you set them up lovely. Yeah, they're happy. Is it because of the way that they look? Like, this is all speculation on my part, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That's what this it's podcast is about. Like, but, bring that on. Bring it on. But well, and let's, we'll, let's we'll write it, it when we, at the end, on the backside of it, we'll, we'll figure, we'll figure yeah, out where we, we were. Yeah, we're, we're correct. We're correct where we went wrong. But let's talk about it. You know, as the Asgardians have a new home, what about us, bro? <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, what about us? There was a snap. Like, people disappeared. And then people yeah. came back. But we're still here. Well, even what the about snapped, us, bro? The snapped people are even having problems coming back, though, too, right? Right. Yes. Yes. So. As we saw in, 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 what was it? Captain America, Falcon and Winter Soldier? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. There's so much, so, <laughs> so much content. Um, we, should, we should start to shift here our conversation and, and start to look at the Marvels a little bit before we get into the Guardians talk, because uh, it's all kind of connected. The, these three storylines are... It seems like it. it seems like. There's connectivity with them, for sure. Um, just quickly, though, before we, we switch over to Marvels a little bit, what do we got to pay attention to in Secret Invasion? We got Flurkins, we got Scrolls. Do we have Flurkins in this, or was that the Marvels? That was the Marvels no, trailer. No, See, it's getting all mixed up in my head, too. <laughs> so we got basically just story. scrolls and fury are, are is what's going down in secret invasion yeah we'll see who else i, I think war machine um, okay colonel Rhodes. yeah um is, is is in it as well i'm assuming not assuming maria hill um is in it as well so we'll see a lot of shield whatever 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 else they've become since um you know everything went down right um, well, I'd be happy to see Don Cheadle back in, in action. He's one of my, yeah. I, as an actor yeah, in general, my I, I really like Don Cheadle a lot. I do as well. So this is, again, but this is storytelling that's, that's really going to, I believe, going to be grounded in what they do in the scope of it. The scope of it is not, um, you know, cosmic. Right. It's, it's going to feel personal. It's going to feel personal. Very. So we're starting... Secret Invasion is going to hit the airwaves on the 21st. Looks like we've got six episodes with an initial drop of one. And it's going to be on, uh, looks like it's coming out Wednesdays. I'm not sure about the time yet, but the, the first date on the 21st should be a Wednesday. Uh, and it's only six episodes. You and I have talked about what we might do for coverage for Secret Invasion. We haven't confirmed yet. I know I'm going to be traveling a little bit at that time. So... We're definitely going to be talking about it one way or another, and whether we're doing episode by episode 
or some more uh, combined recaps. We'll see. We'll definitely talk about it before or definitely after, uh, if not before. Yes. During. So stay tuned. It's uh, uh, we've, we've got to work out life schedules and stuff like that. So let's talk about the Marvels. Uh, and we just got that trailer dropped the other day. And that is roping in multiple storylines as well. So who is going to be in that movie? What MCU characters are we looking out for there? So we're looking at Kamala Khan. Right. Ms. Marvel. And that was a TV show. She was introduced to us in a TV show last year? Last year. Yeah. Right. So we met her, met her family last year, got her story, her background. Um, We're looking at Monica Rambeau. Who has not been named, given a code name, a superhero name yet in the MCU. Okay. So she may go by Photon um, because Captain Marvel's already taken. She was the original Captain Marvel. She was Captain okay. Marvel before Car- Carol Danvers. Um, so she won't and have be that. we where have we met uh, Monica Rambo on screen prior? In Scarlet Witch. Okay. She was at the end. She showed up at the end of the of that. She was in. She was in most of the episodes. Like. Was she? God, it's so long mm-hmm. ago. It's like I'm trying to dredge yeah, my uh, my was. memory she banks. Was. It is. It's rough out yeah. here. <laughs> she was in. She was in a lot of the episodes. She, she okay. Was in, she was a part of the, and she got her powers in that TV show. Okay. So we've got Marvel, um, Rambo, and Kamala Khan. Those are our three principles. Captain Marvel. Miss Marvel, and we have Monica Rambeau. Right. Okay. Miss Marvel. Right. Yeah. Kamala Khan. Miss Marvel. Right. So, and we got a flurkin. Oh, we got a flurkin. Fl- yeah, we got. It, it looks like we have more than one. Actually. It, right. Yeah. It looks like we have more than one, and I don't know what that means because you know that that could be a very dangerous thing. You have right. more than one <laughs> surrounded. And, and in case you uh, forgot, that's how Nick Fury got the scars and lost the sight of his yes. eye was from that's a flurkin. That's exactly right. And the flurkin exactly swallowed right. up the, uh, the Tesseract, right? Or what, what was that's it? That's exactly yeah, right. It had the Tesseract for a yeah, while inside of it. It did. It did. And yeah. That goes to show you what, what kind of creatures you're dealing with when we can take a, a Tesseract, which holds one of the Infinity Stones inside. Right, exactly. Now, who do we yeah. think is our uh, chief antagonists in the Marvel, Miss Marvel movie? We see some accusers. Okay. We see some Kree. Okay. Um, I, saw, I saw a big hammer. Uh-huh. Are we going to get him back? What's his name? Or is he gone now? Is it no, the timeline's gone? I don't, it's not going to be. The timeline's Ronin. Really gone. It's not Ronan. It's okay. not Ronan. They haven't named who this accuser is. At least I haven't seen the name of this accuser. Or accusers. Um, because it doesn't have to be one person as, as the accuser. So we, we shall see what they do. Um, I'm... I'm really baffled as to who the big bad could be. Okay. If it's the Kree who are making, trying to make a resurgent, you know, comeback in the universe, then that leads me to ties with secret invasion, right? Obviously, Kree, Skrulls, blah, blah, blah. So I can see those ties. But Marvel always does something, right? There's always an obvious, but there's also something, you know, a thread here and there about something else. 
So I'm kind of excited to see if there is that thread leading to something else. Because we've gotten so much of the cosmic over the last year. Um, these big celestial, like, godlike entities that I want to see if they bring any of that into this story as well. Because what you basically have uh, are three people who, because of their power set, are changing time and space with each other. Right. There was like, they were getting punched into other dimensions and other, <laughs> I was like, what's going on right. here? Which seemed kind of fun person, because it, it brought some physical, some slapstick uh, humor into absolutely. the storyline. Let me just get this out the way. The trailer right, cool. was a ton of fun. Yes. The trailer was a ton of fun. I, I laughed. I got excited um, watching it. I smiled like, oh, okay, yeah, this, this could be something. This could be something. Um, so the trailer for the movie itself was loads of fun. The teaser. Um, Here, here's the long so, line. I just quickly looked up uh, IMDb. Carol Danvers gets her powers entangled with those of Kamala Khan and Monica Rambeau, forcing them to work together to save the universe. And the poster has the three of them uh, sort of in line with each other, almost like chakras, the, these sort of colorations yes. of different things. So they're uh, really folding these three uh, superpowers together, literally. Right, right. So that's, that's my, you know, what, what is the major threat here? Because uh-huh. I just can't believe it's only the accusers. Like, it, that just doesn't jive with me. Because we've seen Carol, by herself, handle a Kree Armada. Right. <laughs> so know, what she, do they got that, that can resist her? Yeah, that makes them feel like, yeah, now's the time we could do Or does she, or what, or how is she, what stumbles or what I- issues she might have that are going to weaken her or put her in a... Compromising position. Yeah, that's the, that's the phrase. That's the phrase. So that's, that's my question. My, my mm-hmm. big question is, because again, I just don't see the creed as this sort of universal threat for okay. Captain Marvel and let alone Captain Marvel plus Monica Rambo, whose right. power set is equally as ridiculous. So that's the interest that I have in this movie. So, um, but... Yeah. Again, it looks like a load. It looks, just looks like a load of fun. It does. The, the trailer had a lot of um, good vibes to it. I mean, you know, they, they, they build these trailers to give us, you know. To give you vibes. that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But it looked fun. It worked. It worked. Uh, <laughs> the characters were compelling. The slapstick seemed great. The stakes seemed high. So, like, all the things that I want for... Uh, that style of movie. We've got a long wait, to, though. It's not coming out until November. Yeah. November. Into November. Yeah, November 10th is what I'm showing in my database here. So, and, it's really, and it's really in line with the stuff that we've talked about previously. Uh-huh. Um, you know, changing of the card. Yeah. You know, a, a new generation of hero. Right. And even when, when we look at, at Carol, we look at Monica, and we look at, at Kamala, you know, Kamala is very much still making her way into the world. Uh-huh. She's still living at home. Yeah, right. Like, know, she's a Spider-Man like character. Yeah, with her parents and you know her brother and wife are still you know 
very much involved in her life, which is a beautiful thing to watch and to see. And it's a great way to juxtapose these these characters, right? Because yeah. my Monica Norsa, her family, you know, her biological family. Right. Um, we've never really met Carol's. Don't even know she has any left. I don't believe so. Right. Right. right? And you have this, you know, teenager. You know, who has posters of, of Miss Marvel, of Captain right. Marvel on, <laughs> on her wall, you know, in her bedroom, in her parents' home in, you know, Jersey City. So it's really, I think it, it's a great way to, to tell a story uh, about superheroes who are at different places in their lives, um, different places in their power sets. Well, and let's, let's talk about it, too, here. We've got three women. I don't see any men on the poster here. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. And we've got, a, we've got a we've got a a young woman, and we've got a young woman and two adult women. We have a black woman. We have a woman, a brown woman who is who's a Muslim, who's Muslim, Danny. right? And then we have Brie, right. who is our you know our you know <laughs> our sort of down the middle white, you know, woman. white, white right. woman, white American and woman. There are no other male heroic characters being thrown you know pushed forward at us. And that the they're intertwining uh, them rather than saying, okay, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a different construct in some ways. We'll, we'll have to get into, we'll see more later in the year. But they're intertwining their powers. Their, their powers are being intertwined in some way as opposed to like a, a buddy thing or an oppositional head-to-head thing. So even in the construct of how these three characters are going to interrelate, it's a different model than a, a it is a different a, model yeah it, it, I, I don't know if did you did you watch the the black widow movie i did that was on uh, I, I was really and I, I mean i don't want to go down that rabbit hole and we got to we got to no, 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 here in a minute no. it was a not, disappointing not movie down. it was so disappointing because right. i really wanted scarjo to have a kick ass movie it, it, it was misplaced in time in intent it, yes. it, it, it was just yes. it was not cool it was not it wasn't classy what they did. But to your point, to your point, all those female, all the female characters were in opposition of each other. Yes. In that movie. Right. They were family, but they were in opposition to each other. Right. This is totally different. Something new. Fingers this crossed. This is something new. All right, John. Um, this has been awesome. We're going to come back. We will definitely be putting out podcasts prior to the movie in November, and we will have probably had Loki and um, uh, uh, Secret Invasion and all of that stuff in between. So we will be definitely getting into it and uh, also probably recapping the movie as well. And we're going to bring that up when we talk about Guardians of the Galaxy because I think we're going to do something a little different. We're going to do a recap uh, of the movie after it comes out. So let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, let's get into the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Right back. And we're back. All right, Jean, before we get uh, Elisa on the line, let's do a quick recap of what we're expecting for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. What's going on with the team? Where are they since we last saw them? Uh, What are the preceding titles that we could 
kind of keep in our memory about where you know where where we last saw them. Well, we last saw um, the Guardians in Thor: Love and Thunder. In mm-hmm. the beginning of the movie, they leave Thor. They go on a on a mission, and they're presumably just out in space doing good, helping where they can help, and and doing the things that Guardians are supposed to do, right? Right. So that's where we last left them. We didn't we get a Christmas thing with them? We did. You're right. Look at that. Uh, look, look at, and I'm not even the David. expert. I am the un, I am look the avowed non-expert David. on MCU stuff. They're in that head, right? They're, didn't they buy the big head from somebody? They bought nowhere. Nowhere. Um, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, nowhere, which is the head of a celestial, which is now like a this this super Trading outpost, sort of on the edge yeah. of the rim of the galaxy, of the of the, u- of the universe of the known universe, and um, people come there and do their their stuff, and you know, there's a bar there and all these cool things. People live there and things like that. Um, so they're there, and now we're at this movie. Where are the guys? Where are the guardians? And, and what have they been up to since the Christmas special? <laughs> right. <laughs> since, Ke- since, since Kevin Bacon got... Which was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't want to get into speculation because the movie is so close by. Um, right. It's going to drop in a couple of weeks. So, but I will um, say from... Yeah, go ahead. What I'm going to say is from... From the trailers that yeah. we've seen, we know the high evolutionary is, is going to play a role. Okay. Um, we, talk, we talked about him a little bit. Um, we actually talked about him a lot in a previous episode. Um, a very super intelligent uh, bad guy uh, who, like his name suggests, he's the high evolutionary. So he's trying to progress um, the organism on a faster evolutionary track than normal, than nature would intend. Um, so we have that guy. And then we have Adam Warlock, who is a very, very important Marvel comic book character. Okay. So I'm really interested to see how it plays out in this movie. Um, because Adam Warlock, I'm going to give a little bit of background on him real quick. Okay. He was created as the perfect being, the epitome of perfection of what a human being could be. Okay. Um, and the Marvel comics. When he came into sentience, he, he basically born out of this cosmic egg, out of this egg. He realized that the people who had created him had created him for nefarious purposes. He destroyed them, went out into the universe to try to find himself. Um, he met with the high evolutionary. This is a very truncated version of, of his history. Okay. Um, he traveled, he met with the high evolutionary. High evolutionary named him Warlock. He went to Counter Earth, which is an Earth that the high evolutionary has that's on the other side of our sun. Um, and those were where he got the name of Adam. How that plays out in the movie, I don't think it's going to be the same. Because we already see that he was created not by um, some nefarious earthlings, but by a space race, right? 
the golden people, I forgot their names, I can't remember. Escapes me for right now. Um, Which you saw in the first Guardians. So he was in that egg from that Guardian of Galaxies. He hatches from that egg. Okay. Yes. He's the character that's in there. I'm trying to, which movie was that? I'm I'm trying to. Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, the first one. Mm-hmm. There was an egg. Whew. Yeah, there was an egg. Okay, he's All golden. Right. The if you remember, there were the golden, this golden race of people. Uh huh. Um, in the first movie, it was the first movie. Okay, I, I believe you. I, I'm just trying to. I, I'm like, whoa! I'm, I'm racking my brain for it. Now you're making me question, so I will come back to that. But All right. regardless, he was. Um, created by that race of beings. What he was created for and how it intersects with his comic book origin and his comic book purpose, we don't know yet. Adam Warlock in the comics was given the soul gem. Right? Okay. Oh, the soul gem. Whoa. Yes. And in the comic books, the, the various Infinity Stones, they... It was very different from what we got in the MCU. So the Soul Gem gave him, it's like, it's like a, a vampire, like it feeds on souls. Okay. And inside, inside of the Soul Gem is a place called Soul World, where all the souls that it has taken live. So okay. he became an immensely powerful figure in the MCU. Um, he fought Thanos um, when Thanos in the comic books forged the Infinity, Infinity Gauntlet. Um, so he has a very deep, deep comic book history. Um, but I don't know how it's going to play out in the movies because the movies have been largely, they haven't stuck to the, the path of the comic books, right? Um, okay. So I'm excited, and I say that I'm excited because I'm not a Guardians of the Galaxy fan. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm one of those guys that not, has not been a fan of. I, I confess. Are you a comic book fan or a... Uh... I'm, a I'm a fan of, of certain characters in the comic books. Um, okay, but the movie adaptations the way- have, haven't grabbed you as much. No, um, because the, some of the characters have changed drastically for me. Um, okay. Drax being the number one. Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah, well, let's not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, let's, right. let's not go down it. Right. So stating that I'm not a fan of, of movies, I am excited to see this movie because of those two characters. High Evolutionary. And Adam Warlock, because I want to see what role they would play in the future of the MCU. Got it. Because this is the end of the Guardians as we know. Right, and that was an important point that we needed to bring up, is that this is the final uh, final installment of Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's a big as deal. As we know them. Yeah. As we know them. Right, the characters Doesn't could mean go it's off the in, end. in different directions, but as, as a team, and as a movie franchise, as a, you know, a, a title within the MCU. Uh, I don't uh, know. All right. I don't know. 
Show me the body, know. right? Wait until the wait until right. the final shot to see if we can actually say that this person's dead. And even when they're dead, it doesn't mean anything. It might not be the same characters, but it might be the same group. Okay. It might have the same name. Okay. Because what we have to understand in in, in comic groups change. Okay. X-Men, Avengers, Defenders, okay. Guardians. The cast of characters rotate. Okay. So this is the end of the Guardians as we know them, but is it the end of the Guardians of the Galaxy? Interesting. Will the Guardians, will the, will the Galaxy no longer need any Guardians after okay. this movie? <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I am hopeful that this cast of characters kind of goes away and we usher in just like we've been talking about since we've change of started the guard. this podcast, a change of the. Okay. We'll just have to wait and see till we get there. And then that's a, a good note um, to mention that our plan, Lorehound's plan, is we're going to do a little Lorehound's assemble and we're going to pull J- John, uh, my main, uh, my main Lorehound man. He wants, he, Guardians of the Galaxy is one of his favorite parts of the MCU. And so he wants to get in on some of the action. So after the movie comes out, we're going to do a reaction podcast to the movie. We'll do some, you know, non-spoiler, you know, general takes, and then we're, we're going to get into it uh, all together. Uh, he is, uh, of all the MCU things, Guardians is one of his favorites. And so he's, uh, he's ready to roll on, on that. So uh, once the movie's out, we are definitely going to have a whole podcast just dedicated to that. All right, let's welcome Alicia from Amsterdam, friend of the Lorehounds. Alicia, how are you? It's good to uh, finally get on the microphone with you. You've been dropping the bombs on uh, Andor. Well, I don't want to be negative and say bombs, but you've been really illuminating some of the deeper lore for us. So thank you for all of that. I know folks have been really enjoying your perspectives and the, uh, the knowledge that you've been dropping on us. So great to have you on here. Oh, thanks. It's good to be live with you. And yeah, um, I love Star Wars, but guess what? I love Marvel too. So, (laughs) (laughs) what what pop culture don't don't you love? You seem to be all over it. Oh, fair enough. But I do have like three main uh, fandoms, which are um, yeah, Star Wars, Marvel, and Wheel of Time. And these are ones that like go way back. So. Oh, Wheel of Time. We are Mm -hmm. yeah. When John and I were ready for Wheel of Time. Uh, after Rings of Power, we were yeah. so expecting it to come right, uh, right, right along, but it, um, it's been silent. Have you heard anything? Have you heard any whispers or tremors? I mean, uh, what I know is that the cast is gathering now. They're going to start filming uh, season three any day now. And Wow. Yeah, and there's been a, a little more leaks and dribbles from the marketing department, you know, official casting announcements here or there, things like that, that lead me to believe that they might be ramping up to actually give us a date and start promoting, maybe. Okay. Fingers crossed. Do you think, I don't want to get too far down this track because no. we're, we're going to, yeah, no. fingers crossed for sure. But uh, it feels like they almost want to be in production on three so that before they release two, so that they've got their next two properties sort of lined up. Yeah, I, I think they don't want to. I mean, I, you see it all over the industry right now, this two year gap in between these projects. And a lot of that has to do with like this VFX backlog. And I think that's right. also probably affected this. So, you know, I, I say I'd rather them get it right and, you know, release it when it's ready. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll be talking with you when, when Wheel of Time comes up, because John is a huge book reader uh, fan. Yeah. It's one of his absolute favorites. So exciting for that. So, we're, but we're here for Guardians of right. the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, Jean and I have been uh, talking a little bit about where the team is, that this is our, our last film. What's your, Alicia, what's your sense of what's going on with this franchise? Jean is, uh, was theorizing to me that this may not be the end as we know it. It's some kind of end, but like, could we see different permutations or people spinning off? What's your, what's your take on, on the coming to the close of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and what it means for the future? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Jean 100%. Um, this is a close for James Gunn. Obviously, he's moving over to the DC side, but I think... I mean, I, I think actually relatively few of these characters will die, like, you know, maybe just a couple. Um, and, and we're like, going to get into that in a minute. You've got yeah. a whole thing for us. So I'm right. excited to get into that. But yeah, keep going. But I mean, but I think the rest are going to um, maybe drift off to the edges of the universe to be called back later or maybe, you know, just join other teams, like become an Avenger or, you know, many of the Avengers permutations. Right. Jean, thoughts? On uh, on Alicia's take there, I I, I agree. I, I I just don't think okay. this is the end <laughs> of the Guardians of the Galaxy. This is the end of what we've known as the Guardians. But again, okay. the universe will need Guardians. <laughs> the galaxy will need Guardians. Yeah. Like I don't think we're gonna see another Guardians solo movie anytime too soon. But there's been rumors about this Nova special presentation, and that would tie in to have some of the characters come back. Are you a Nova fan, Joe, from the comics? I'm a big Richard Ryder. Big Richard Ryder fan. Big Nova fan. Um, super excited for if they yeah. can bring him in. That would be really great um, because there's some really great stories that they can tell with Nova. Um, especially, you know, Annihilation Wave. There, there, there are just so many things that I want to see out of Nova. Um, and he's a really great character to have. So I, I, I was bummed when yeah, and so so far we've only seen like the Nova Core. Yeah. Right. And not even in the way that yeah. we know them from the comics. So that was that was really a yeah, that was a source. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I maybe they're about to remedy it, I hope. Yeah. I that's the rumor anyway. I want to well, segue slightly right. before we get yeah. into Yeah. Before we get into the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy, just because uh Jean and I were talking about um the Marvels and Secret Invasion. Just quickly, Alicia, do you have what's your hype level on both of those titles? Um, I mean, I love especially Kamala Khan. Uh, I'm especially excited, you know, to see more Miss Marvel, more of her family. Like, uh, I love all those characters. Um, I was super into what was going on with Monica Rambeau at the end of uh, WandaVision, and I'm really excited to see more of that. It looks like from the trailer, like we're going to be seeing her get a grips on her power, and that's it's going to be exciting to see. And um, yeah, uh, just bringing the three together. Um, I'm one who liked Captain Marvel well enough. I, I think it's, you know, it's a decent movie. And uh, I'm excited to, it looks like they nailed the tone in the trailer. So my hype level's pretty high. Cool. Was, where, where were you guys falling on that? I'm totally in the Marvels. Totally in. Um, I love all the characters. Uh, Monica Rambo, Kamala Khan, you know, 
Carol Danvers, incredible characters in, in storytelling and in, in the comic books. So, you know, to, to have them translate onto the, onto the screen. And I, like you, I, I really enjoyed the um, Kamala Khan series last year. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was really great, a really um, a nice showcase for her, for her character. Um, yeah, and I'm super excited for the movie. I think it's going to be great. And uh, let's talk just quickly. Secret Invasion, uh, Alicia. How I, th- for me, that's my my big hype level. I'm excited to see the Marvels, but I am oh boy, you know, I really want Secret Invasion to be good. Well, yeah, I think yeah, I, I said at one point that Secret Invasion could be in tone to the MCU what Andor was to Star Wars. Um, it's exactly what we were saying. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, I mean, 100%. I hope so, but in any case, it's just really nice to see that, you know, this is, this franchise can have like both of these flavors, you know? Right. So I, I think I'm probably, I like the light and playful and, you know, um, maybe the female uh, angle makes me especially excited for the Marvels, but I'm also, I love Secret Invasion. I love the fact that it's going to be a series. So we can have that like weekly conversation about all of the plot twists and yeah, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Awesome. Okay, cool. All right, well, let's uh, dig into some Guardians uh, of the Galaxy. You have prepared um, a little bit of an outline for us, a little death draft, a death pool, if you will. Um, what's the, why don't you describe it for us and then talk how we're going to go through it? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So a, a lot of the talk about this film, you know, like we said earlier, it's James Gunn's last film, um, and he said in, in interviews, and so is the cast, that it's going to be heavier and more emotional, so everyone just keeps speculating about who's going to die. So um, I've been listening to all of the inputs, and I've come down to the definitive, obviously, uh, top <laughs> five characters that are going to die in this film. We'll see what you guys, if okay. you guys agree. Nice. <laughs> um, all right. So the character that I think is fifth most likely to die in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is Gamora. And just hear me out for a second. Uh, Gamora, so far, she's been a character that's like really been in service of the other characters. Um, and there's good reason to believe that she might be the leader of the Guardians again by the end of this film. Uh, but she's absolutely a character who would sacrifice herself for others if given the choice. Now, that being said... I would find it a real shame if she left now, especially since we just got her back and we haven't seen her get a story about her own agency yet. Uh, So far, we've just seen who she is in relation to her father and her sister and her boyfriend. So I'm going to put her death. Feels the Bechtel test here, right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm going to put her death risk at 25%. What do you guys think? I'm going to, I kind of agree with, I don't think she's going to. So the low percentage I, I, I agree with. I don't. I don't think she's gonna die because it, it it would make it would infuriate me if she, you know, because again she yeah. already died. You know, they already took mm-hmm. her and 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 took her off the board, right? Pre snap, it wasn't even the snap. It was just like, okay, right. you're gonna you're gonna die because this moves the story forward, right? I don't want her to, to exactly. Die. I don't want her demise from this movie. Um, so I'm gonna agree with you that it's. She's at the lower end of the death possibilities. Okay. And she's a badass character. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see more with, with her. I, I want to see Absolutely. her and Nebula. I want to see her and Nebula like be in a good place and have like a buddy comedy adventure together. 
that would be awesome. And, and like you said, um, she's led the Guardians at different points. So why can't she lead them again? Or why can't she lead them in the MCU as it goes forward? Um, so I think that would be a, a good place for, yeah. that, for her, for this trilogy to end with the passing of the torch where she's the leader of whatever iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy that we get at the end of the movie. Okay, okay. I can see that happening. All right. Moving on to fourth. So the character that I'm putting at the fourth most likely to die, it shouldn't be too much of a surprise given uh, the last person we talked about. It's Peter Quill. And this is why. Now, Hollywood keeps telling Chris Pratt that he could literally play any role. So he's like a very in-demand actor. The question is, does he still want to play this one? Uh, do the audiences still want him? Like, I, I like the character Star-Lord. I'm not sure, though, that everyone's gotten over him lashing out and ruining the Avengers' attempt to subdue Thanos in an Infinity War. And, and what would be a more poignant story to end the series than with the, you know, quote-unquote, lead dying, especially if it's like a redemption arc for something terrible that that character did before? And if he died, of course, that would free up Gamora a little more uh, to have her own storyline. So I put his death risk at 35%. What do you think, David? Do you have an opinion? Um, you know, I, as I'm, I'm going through this, I'm like, oh, I'm very nervous about making any predictions because yeah. um, the, the kind of structure of, of our podcast is I'm, I'm the non-expert. And okay. I feel like, oh, my okay. God, I feel like, oh, if I make a, a call, I'm going <laughs> to get in no, trouble. No, make the call. I do agree. Make the call. Yeah, yeah. I do agree that uh, taking Quill off the board makes some sense, but I don't know. I'm just going off my gut reaction here. If we took him off, that is a, a pretty, like that, I could, it, it's, it's not innovative in, in some way. Mm -hmm. um, maybe if, an, you know, another character dies and then Quill takes it personally, his failure of leadership, maybe it was his plan because he's the planning guy, right? Um, maybe it was his plan that got somebody killed. I would find that more satisfying from a story standpoint that Quill's got to deal with the blood on his hands, so to speak, of another character uh, dying. So I'm going to go for a low percentage that Quill's going to die. And just to jump back to Gamora, I'm also with you on there on a low percentage. I think that would strike a weird tone to to take Gamora off the table as well. Yeah. I don't know, Jean. What do you what do you think about Quill? Um, I hope he dies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of Boom, people feel is. that way. <laughs> I don't there feel that way, but I think a lot of people do. I am not a fan of Peter Quill. All right, say more. Shown, say more. Bring it as shown in the MCU. Not a fan of his at all. Um, okay, maybe maybe it's it, um, maybe it's how do how do I feel about oh, Falcon Day right? Uh, <laughs> is, 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 well, is it Mackie or or exactly Falcon, exactly? Then? Is it Pratt or is it Peter Quill? Right? I I I'm done with. Yeah, how is it? It's hard to separate, right? Unless you go back to the comic books, right? And I'm I'm done with the character okay. as portrayed in the MCU. Um, he is one of my least favorite characters in all of Marvel cinema, TV shows, the cinema, the movies, the cartoons, right. 
I just don't like him. Um, I don't like comics? the way that he's. No, he's the comics. Are, he's different. He's a little different. In okay. This whole nostalgia thing that goes on with him, I am. I never dug it. I, w- I was not a fan of it. Um, right, I'm just his not whole a fan. lost uh, childhood. Yeah, uh, yeah, the whole mixtape you know, thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I just don't like his story arc. I don't think he's changed from when we first met him till now. I don't think there's been much development f- from him as a as a person. He's a pretty two-dimensional... He, he doesn't have a lot of three-dimensional stuff. It's very tropey. It's, it's very tropey. Can I, can I ask you, did you... Yes, go ahead. Did, did you like the uh, What's If episode with uh, T'Challa as Star-Lord? Yes. Like, do you prefer... Like, would that be yes. better if that were the main reality? I don't know if it would be better if it was the main reality, but his was a more compelling character to me. Okay, fair. And yeah. and maybe it's 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 my longing for Chadwick, you know. Yeah, to, of course. To be a part of the MCU, but I really enjoyed that that portrayal. I just yeah. don't think that the MCU version of Peter Quill has has grown much. You know, he's still you know a a, a man child, a, a, a big yeah. Baby he's the goofy grown man's the, body. Um, right. He's part celestial, right? That 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 means something. That you know, you you there there are there's no reason for him to be as goofy as he is at the age I like, that he is. Yeah, I like I, I like I, a goofy man child. Yeah, man child. I I don't want a goofy man child to save the universe. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my thing. You know what I mean? And and I I just don't like his character development because I don't think he's developed yeah. as a character. I mean, so I, I still, I, would, I take issue with the way that in, uh, that Infinity War moment was written. Uh, I, oh. I'm always going to say like, but I feel like that's more in the writers and I can't really blame the character. It just wasn't satisfyingly set up. Oh yeah, totally blame the, totally blame the writers. Totally blame their portrayal of, of the character. But again, I just, he's not, he's not my favorite. And, and, I, and well, okay, I hope that he okay. goes. I really hope that he All goes. Right. Well, I, we I, I logged a 35% chance, so let's see. <laughs> I would have loved it right, to be like next? A, a 95% chance. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, okay, so yeah, we're getting high in the Deadpool. Now, my pick for third most likely to die is, da da da, the obvious one, Rocket. Now, <sighs> right. I... I, I know all the marketing is pointing toward him being the one to go uh, with all the attention on his tragic backstory. And James Gunn is, called him like the secret protagonist of the whole series, saying he needed to, quote unquote, finish his story in an interview recently. And, and also all these people, I don't know if you guys talked about the logo theory, where people think no. if people think that each logo of each Guardians film represent who, represents who's going to die. Like the first one was like a woody one for Groot, and and now this one people are arguing it looks like Rocket. But I, I'm thinking the marketing is pointing like a little too hard this way. Like I, I don't trust it. People are questioning whether Bradley Cooper 
wants to keep doing the role, but it's also for him, it's a voice role. It's, you know, it's easy, fun paycheck. Um, so I know a lot of people have Rocket at the top of their Deadpool, but I'm thinking like it's possible he might be the one who walks away, the leader, the new team. And I'm, I'm putting his death risk at 50-50. Wow. Okay. Uh, Jean? Um, I can see him. I can see the 50-50. I, I can see it going either way. Um, from what we know, he's going to get the story. Um, his background is going to be told to us, you know, his quote-unquote family outside of the Guardians. We get to, to see his you know, how Rocket was born into this world, into yeah. this MCU. Um, so that that hints to me as, as, as closure, right, um, for him. But again, like you said, he's just a, he's a fun character. And the way that they set up Guardians, he's always been the brains of the mm. outfit. Right. So do they take the brains away from the outfit. Yeah. Right? Um, they could take you could take the heart, but you're not gonna take the heart and the brains. You know what I mean? I mean the outfit. If it's prosthetic brains, then Rocket will steal it. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> That's right. That's very true. That's exactly that very right. Very true. <laughs> so I can see him I can see the fifty fifty. I can see him going teetering either way. Do I want him to survive? Yes. Uh, yes. Rocket, I definitely want Rocket to survive. But it is possible. I feel but, like most people most people do want Rocket to survive. And so the studio knows that. And as long as they can get Bradley Cooper to keep doing it, why would they stop? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that I, I I'm with the fifty fifty. Yeah. Okay. I don't disagree. And I think, uh, Jean, didn't you say that Rocket's uh, origins, isn't it the opposite side planet? And isn't that going to be a story thread that they're bringing in? So yes. it could complicate things if we didn't have Rocket as an entry to that, those elements? Right. So he, he's created by the high evolutionary, right? So right. On, com- right. on counter Earth. Um, high evolutionary is the big bad of, of the film. So again, let's see, or the alleged big bad of the film. Say that. Right. So let's see if there's some sense of, you know, full circle with his story, with Rocket's story, meeting his creator, which is, you know, could portend some doom when you meet your creator. Yeah, it does. You were going to say, Alicia? Well, no, it's actually a very interesting segue into the second place on the Deadpool, which is... Nice, okay. Which is the High Evolutionary. (laughs) Ah. Um, Now, yeah, predicting that the villain will die in a Marvel movie is a pretty safe bet, I think. But he's (laughs) he's not on the top of the list, though, because, like, I think, you know, they have uh, Chakwudi Uwuji in the role. And when you have an actor of that caliber, um, I could see... James Gunn giving this character more complexity than there seems to be in the trailers. And I think, yeah, there's more stories to be told with this character if he sticks around and Awuji seems enthusiastic about it. So I, I am putting the death risk high, but I'm putting it at 80%. So there's some wiggle. 80%? Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. We're getting wow, to the top of the list. Yeah. Man, that's... Um, if he goes, that's a shame because there's so many stories to be told with this guy. You know, I know, he, I he's, know. In, he's 
interwoven in so many other groups and and he's not but just I might that. I might be burned. I might be burned by recent experiences with like, you know, like I would have expected so much more from Gore the God Butcher and I, I don't know. I just I feel like it, the good decision would be to keep him around, but they might squander him uh, for an emotional impact, but make him I more mean, complex you, first. When you put it that way, then yeah, because they have done wrong by their villains. That's absolutely that is true. That is true. Like wow. even like Killmonger is one of my favorite villains, probably in, in almost any movie, and even he was a one movie villain except a cameo, obviously. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's. She shook. You got shook oh, there, gosh. y'all. You got shook. I was not thinking high evolutionary, but Lisa makes sense. It, it, it actually makes sense because, like she said, the villains don't last in right. the MCU. They don't. There's only one real villain that's lasted, and that was Thanos, and that was a huge arc. Or or Loki, but then, you know, you have to have the redemption arc. Yeah. Right. And then Loki's, but I think Loki's a whole different class of character. Right. Uh, Anti hero. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Very much so. Very much so. I don't have an opinion about the evolutionary because I really don't know much, but I do agree that it would be, it's an easy way forward for the writers and the production to sign off on on uh, a one-time villain because if you've got to do multi if you've got i'm thinking production now if you've got to sign multi uh a multi-episode deal or multi-movie deal with an actor and things are a little bit funky right now in the movie and streaming world we don't know really where they are um a a quicker easier way is to have a one-off for sure but I do think, like, the way we've seen Awuji, like, embrace the role at, you know, cons and just in the, in the press and things like that, if he has the enthusiasm for it, I could see them making an excuse to keep him around because, you okay. know, that's an actor you want in your stable. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you're right. Cool. I think there is a high percentage. That 80% is probably right on the nose that he's gone. All right. Uh, what's All next? Right. All right, so we reached the top of the list. Here Drum we go. roll. <laughs> the character most likely to die, uh, I'm giving it to Drax. Uh, and this is purely because Dave Bautista, he announced that this would be his last Guardians film uh, before they even started making the movie. And yeah, I, I can see Drax taking one for the team with uh, letting out one final punchline at the saddest moment. And uh, right. yeah, it would be the most Drax way to go out. And, and it's also, it's not a sad thing completely because in the first movie, in the first movie, he said he would be reunited with his family when he died. And like, I, I would really love that outcome for him, um, which that- he, I was just going to say, it even leaves an opening for Drax to cameo in the future as the MCU seems to be getting more interested in the afterlife. I agree that that it would be a fitting end uh, to his arc, and it would be a, a good way to go out. So I, I think I'm with you on here uh, for all of the reasons. But in terms of just the handful of characters that we're looking at, uh, you could set up a, a death quite easily. It would have punch, but it wouldn't. De- it wouldn't uh, take the the whole movie franchise down with it either. So right. yeah, I think I have to agree with you, Jean. Where are you at with Drax? Yeah, he's my number one. Okay. Yeah. When, uh, yeah, right. when Alicia, you know, 
and said this is the, the segment that she wanted to do. I said, yeah. He, he, <laughs> it's dragged. Internally, it was like, yeah, he's my number one. He's my number one. Okay. I, think, I have I think him at 100%. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's yeah. certainty. Yeah. He's, he's out of here. I think his, his, story, his story arc has, has run through. You know, there's not much more we can do with Drax um, post. Right. This new post, you know, phase five. There's nothing else for him to do, really. Right. I think he's run, like Alicia said, like, he told us what he wants, you know? He wants to be reunited with his family. And I think he's going to yeah. get the opportunity to do that. So, yeah, yeah, definitely Drax is my number one on the hit list. I think he's going to go. He's going to go out in a blaze of glory. Um, and it'll be a well-deserved death because he's been through so much. Yeah. I'm wondering, are there any characters I didn't mention that you expected to see on the list? Uh, Mantis is the one that jumps uh, up for me no. just because she has a join. Well, she's, you know, a, of all the crew members. Right. They certainly have brought her into the crew. She is a part of the crew now. And so I, I'm just thinking, I'm just doing an inventory, not necessarily mm -hmm. prediction. Yeah. No, I think just because of this, they're setting up this story with her as Peter's sister. Uh -huh. for, for me, it's another argument why Peter could die, but I don't think it's actually going to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think they're just sort of, like they said in the, um, in the behind the scenes about the Christmas special, that they were just starting to chip away beneath the surface of that character and sh let the actress show mm. what she can do. Right. Um, I, I'm just doing inventory as well, and we can talk about all these, but we uh, certainly Groot and Nebula, right? Those are the other um, two that I would think of just in, in terms of the whole Guardians team, uh, yeah. core team. Well, in the trailer, there's a scene of where we see Groot uh, with just like a, a head and these little branch things sticking out, almost like a spider. Yes. And that, to me, that shows like Groot can literally lose his head and be okay. And I think we already did. Oh, right. the, we already did the Groot death in one. We did. It's true. And and trying to serve up uh, the teenagers' death, or, you know, sort of hit that emotional button. I, I don't know that it would have a lot of uh, yeah uh, uh, energy for us on that. We'd be kind of like, uh, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like it would hit quite right. I don't know, Jean. Thoughts? Yeah, I thought Craglin would make him this mm. as well. No. But he's just like, I feel like we just also had the, you know, we, we just had the same death in Guardians 2, you know, and, and there would be too much of a repeat of that. He's just learning how to use the whistle thing. Oh, is he the, he's the um, John Doe character, the, the uh, Reavers the, or whatever. Right. The, yes. Uh, his yes. sort of protege, I guess. Right. right. What were their, uh, what was their collective called? I forget now. The Ravengers. Well, Ravengers, yeah. that's it, not Reavers. Reavers is uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Sorry, for, I'm uh, mixing my IP all over the place here. My brain is a messy place. Yeah, and and uh, thinking about it, thinking about the movie, you know, I'm going to put Peter Quill higher. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put him higher. But is and that not wishful because thinking? Of my, not my wishful thinking. Because, because of the Adam Warlock character, mm. Mm -hmm. I think in in the comics, Adam does lead a version of of the Guardians. So we already have two people we know 
can be quote unquote the 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 lead of the Guardians in Gamora or Adam. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, yeah, that he's gonna be, he's gonna go. Okay. I think he's gonna go because they're they're setting up the new wave, the new leadership, the new direction for the Guardian. So I I I kind of I'm gonna put him at maybe two. So who do you think? How would you rank most likely to lead coming out of this between uh, between Gamora, um, Rocket, and uh, and Adam Warlock? Yeah. How, between those three, between Gamora, Rocket, and Adam Warlock, which how who would you say is most likely to lead? I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put Gamora one, Adam Warlock two, Rocket three. Okay, okay. And Marvel MC the MCU is going to a, a very you know celestial cosmic place, and Adam Warlock is a cosmic character in that way, right from the comic books. So if they do anything, if they do anything to bring that sort of storytelling to this character in the movie, then I can see that sort of power set that he has being Mm. placed at a at a higher premium than what we've had with Starlord. Okay, so, yeah, I'm putting Rocket at number one in leadership, most likeliness, but that's purely based on the interview with James Gunn, where he was saying that he's been like the secret leader all along, which makes me think maybe he's about to like realize his, that actually he's less of a misanthrope than he thinks. (laughs) Well, maybe the death of uh, some character is going to affect him and temper him. And, you know, that, that sort of crucible effect and bring something forward that we haven't seen yet in in Rocket because yeah. Rocket's always been very what's the word I want to look for he, he, he sort of he challenges you in a lot of different ways in your in authority in ideas in in expectations it, he's also got a uh, uh, kind of a irreverent nature to him as well always sort of throwing sand in, uh, throwing sand in your face I'm I'm not sure how I'm trying to describe him but he's always trying to he's always pushing against boundaries and, and conventions yeah um, and. Uh, that's a very young person kind of attitude, right? You're bucking and you're changing and you're trying to force your way into the world. And then stuff happens to you and it tempers you and it brings you, yeah. it brings some maturity or some wisdom or a different perspective on things. So maybe the death will be a, a key turn for, for Rocket. But I guess the question then is also, um, have the modifications to Rocket also extended his lifespan? Right. Right. I was just going to wonder in terms of... Um, market palatability market can i say that three times fast in in the sense of all of this ip story driven stuff like we want good stories we're we're invested in these characters all this kind of stuff at the end of the day it's a business and it's what can be marketed and what will the market accept and we know sometimes the market doesn't accept stuff mm-hmm. can we could we see a franchise led by a raccoon Mm. Would that be of a, a, a character that w- that the market would actually get behind and be interested in seeing their story and their leadership and their uh, moving whatever another a future uh, a, a future um, uh, composition of a Guardians would look like? What question. If, I mean, it's just an open question. Yeah. What if they did like an animated show for it? That could work. That could work. So yeah, I just- that could work. 
I have a question for you guys. What if yeah. you, if one or two or three of these characters spun off into their own story, uh, film or TV, what would, who would you choose and what would the story be? Oh, Jean, go. Or do you, or do you need a, a minute? Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Um, or, I think okay. you, I, well, I'll, I'll, I'll throw something. I think you had said something about Gamora and Nebula earlier. Yeah. earlier. That was going to be could, mine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Nebula is yeah. an interesting character. I, there's a lot of anger and pain there, and uh, her struggle with her own acceptance, but also being a very powerful and capable person in the world. That could be an interest, some interesting storyline uh, to follow up. I don't know that I'd be so much interested in a Groot show, maybe a Saturday morning kids cartoon or something like that. Well, they did um, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I think for me, Nebula is interesting. And I don't know what's going to happen if, if Drax is the one to go. What happens with Mantis, right? Because aren't they in a relationship? Well, not a romantic relationship. Yeah. Oh, they're not? No. no. Okay. She, um, he keeps calling her ugly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'd, I'd be down for a Gamora Nebula kind of thing. Yeah. Huh. Okay. The Gamora Nebula, I agree with. Rocket and Groot as a, as a duo. Okay. I, I can see um, something like that happen. Even in the movie, I can see something like that happen. What would be, what would be like the format? Like Bounty Hunters or something else? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like running or running nowhere. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, some, yeah. something, something revolving around, you know, the bar or something like that. I can see, I can see a story around that. And yeah. then Adam Warlock. Yeah. Those are, the, those are the three characters. I think, I think Adam Warlock is going to be uh, a major player in the MCU. All right. I'm here for it. Yeah. So uh, you've got a note here, uh, Alicia, about maybe putting some kind of uh, points-based thing so we can record our predictions. Um, I'm not sure what you had in mind, but my thought would be is if you or us or however we do it, we, we maybe throw together some sort of Google Sheet or something like that, and we can put a link on the MCU channel in our Discord, and okay. so that way... Uh, the three of us could lock in our points, and then when we come back yeah. for the follow-up podcast, uh, we can... So the, I think what we're going to do for the follow-up podcast is John wants to get in on some of the action, so we may do a general thing and then bring you in for the death pool uh, points um, uh, adjudication there. Okay. Um, how does that, that sound for everybody? Works for me. That sounds great. Okay. So yeah, we've got an MCU Universe channel in our Discord, uh, link in the show notes, uh, if you want to check that out. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll have you, Alicia, back uh, for the recap of that. Anything else that you guys want to throw in before we bring this, uh, bring this round to a close? No, I just want to thank Alicia for, for this idea. I thought it was really cool. And again, yeah, let's, let's go, Peter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, uh, I, I'm, I was glad to get in live with you guys this time. Uh, this was a lot of fun. And you've got me rooting for Peter Quill's death. What can I say? <laughs> that's, that's what nice. we aim to do. That's what we aim to do. <laughs> 
Uh, Alicia, before we cut you loose, uh, I do wanted to, I wanted to mention something. This is something else that um, we don't have yet in place, but we're working on. Uh, I want to call you, uh, Jean, and John, and myself, and we want to do some uh, Spider-Man Spider-Verse oh, right. uh, something oh. for it. Haven't worked out the, the, the details yet, but I think you're a, a Spider-Verse person, right, Alicia? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we talked about this briefly, yeah. Yeah, so I think um, we've got to hammer out some, some details and, and look at the release date and, and look at our podcasting schedule. Uh, maybe, you know, I don't know what we're going to do in prep, but certainly in post after the movie's out and we've all seen it, I would love to call all four of us together and have a little bit of a, a round table. I have never seen the, the first movie yeah, and everybody, like I get an earful every yeah. time I say I haven't seen it. People are like, oh my God, are you kidding me? You haven't seen this movie? Um, so I'm excited to see a, a round two. Jean, I know you had some feelings, though. You were like, mm, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some feelings about Spider-Verse. I got some feelings about it. But, but you know, did you like the first one? I love the first one. Okay, yeah, because I think the one first one's one of the best animated movies ever made. No, the best and the animation in the trailer for the second one looks amazing. I was yeah. just captivated uh, seeing what I've heard. But I've heard bad things from behind the scenes, but it's just like oh, typical. No. It's just typical Sony BS. So Okay, yeah. okay, okay. But yeah. All right. So yeah. So stay tuned for that. We'll have uh, we'll have updates for that. Um, anything else, Alicia? Uh, no. Just yeah. I look forward to talking more uh, Star Wars, Marvel, other geekery, Wheel of Time. Um, when where you... can people find you online? What's where? Where are you at? Uh, and you've got yeah. something else. You've got a, you got some other projects cooking too. So why don't you drop uh, drop some info for all that? Yeah, so uh, you can find me on Twitter, just at Alicia CB. It's uh, E-L-Y-S-I-A-C-B. And there's where I drop all of my pan fandom thoughts uh, about everything and some cat and food photos sometimes too. And um, yeah, I've also just launched a new podcast to cover the upcoming series Silo, uh, which starts... Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Which uh, starts on Apple on May 5th. So we've already got a couple uh, episodes out just analyzing the trailers and uh, what we expect going in. Uh, I'm there okay. as the book reader and my friend is there as the newbie who knows nothing. So Okay, awesome. Very that cool. sounds great. Give a listen to that. And uh, you're also very active on our Discord. Um, yes. So you can definitely and by find the time, me there. Yes, totally. And by the time this releases, we will have, our, we will have released our um, season wrap-up and episode 8 coverage of The Mandalorian. And we're planning to have you pop on uh, for some wrap-up thoughts for the season as well. So we're looking right. forward to that conversation, which will have happened because of the time scape magic of podcasting right i look forward to have already have done it by the time you hear this <laughs> <laughs> great all right alicia thanks so much and we'll talk to you soon all right bye take care this is great all right jean that was a great conversation with alicia i'm looking forward to getting our internet points locked in so that we can uh hold each other to account for our predictions uh um, yeah any final thoughts we'll on <laughs> we'll see what happens we'll see what happens fingers are crossed and so are my That's toes right. so this is we'll take it from there all right so we've got uh secret invasion is going to be next up on deck 
And then it's going to be uh, the Marvels out in November. And we still, any any rumblings about Loki? I think, is that our one other property that we're waiting for a um, release date on? Nothing yet. No release date is still to be announced. And so is Echo to be announced. Okay. So we'll, as soon as we know about those dates, we'll, we'll start doing some homework on what we think is going to happen. And we're pretty sure Agatha and Ironheart are going to get kicked to 2024? 2024, yes. Okay. We don't have any new news on those shows either, so that's why okay. we're pretty sure it's going to be 24. Right. And I believe, isn't What If going to drop, the, the What If animated series going to drop this year as well? That's what they say, but again, okay. we, don't have, we don't have an outline. We don't have a time frame. Okay. So they're, they're being really cagey about when things are going to, to appear. So well, we've got big changes you know, over maybe, at, Mar- at, uh, at the mouse anyway with exactly, the bobs, right? Exactly. So, yeah. So it might be your overall theme of, you know, slowing down releases. Right. Okay. All right. Well, um, I think that's it for, for us. Um, I want to get into our outro stuff. And the first thing um, that when we wrap up that we always like to do is to thank our patrons. To all of our patrons, thank you so very much for being a subscriber. Um, not only does it make us feel good <laughs> to know that we have uh, the support of the community, but it also provides for uh, direct material support so that we're actually able to produce these podcasts. Our thank you, lore thank masters you, thank you. who are, yeah, yeah. And our lore masters uh, who are our top tier supporters, we always like to give them a shout out. Um, at the time of this recording, we just had two new people sign up. Um, and if you sign up as a lore master in between here and there, we will pick you up on the other side of this. But to Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H., uh, Michael G., Michelle E., David W., Brian P., Nick W., S.C., Peter O.H., Bettina W., Adam S., Nancy M., Lavinia T., Duve 71, Brian 8063, Frederick H., Sarah L., Gareth C., and newest members, Eric F. and Matthew M., thank you all so very much. We cannot begin to express the um, extent of our gratitude. Programming notes. So this will have come out at the end of uh, April. Uh, I, will, I have not yet done the planning for May yet, so stay tuned for... We will have, have had <laughs> more regular updates um, from there. Uh, what I can tell you is, is that we covered Mandalorian, where st- we will still be cur- cur- currently concurrently covering Ted Lasso Season 3. Um, we have our Book Nook uh, series out with Marilyn Arp Aquila. We're reading uh, The Wizard of Earthsea, the whole cycle. So we just released uh, Part 1 and Part 2 of A Wizard of Earthsea, so go back, check those out. We'll be uh, reading The Tombs of Atuan for May. And then the furthest shore, uh, I believe, will be out in June. And then Tehanu will be out in July. That's the theoretical s- schedule. But anyway, we're rolling forward on that. And we have a channel in the, in the Discord where you can jump on and talk about that kind of stuff. Um, we've also just released uh, the lore. Oh, I'm sorry, Jean, you were going to say something? We just had uh, a Lorehounds play out with Brandon the Bard, another one of our uh, side hustle podcasts. Uh, I think they're covering The Last of Us Part well, 1B, I guess you could call it. Uh, it. They got into it so much that they had to break up the, the podcast into two chunks. And um, the Silmarillion stories, our next episode of Silmarillion stories, will have come out uh, by then uh, of Thingol and Melian. And we had our special guest, Mary Clay, from That's What I'm Talking About, 
join us there. So thank you, everyone. Again, Jean, as always, it's been a pleasure. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, thank you for having this conversation. And yeah, let's hope for some really good and exciting shows and movies upcoming. All right. So we'll, we'll see y'all on the other side of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Take care. The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond.